All right, you ready? Yep. This is the first beer of the rest of our lives. As long as it's not the last. Jesus Christ! (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Short Pour, the one-minute beer podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Chris. And I'm Brandon. Here's how the podcast will work. Each episode will be themed. Each one of us will bring one beer each to show, and the third beer is a wild card that will be provided by a friend, our wives, a guest, maybe even a listener that emails in a suggestion to shortpourpod at gmail.com. Or in today's case, taken from a random list we found on the internet. For those three beers, we'll be reviewing them, and in that we'll do a first reaction, some history, and make fun of online reviews. In honor of our first episode, the theme of today is our first beers. All right. So I I think my first beer is probably not a very common first beer. But uh, if you remember, our dad drank this beer a ton during this time. Yes. So my first beer was actually a Newcastle Brown Ale. Newcastle Brown Ale. Now, I know I've had this beer before because, again, dad drank these all the time. He likes... I, he swore by them for I think a yeah. period of about five years. This was all he drank. Yes, and I think it was like honestly, I would go pretty close to daily. Like he had one. <laughs> yeah, no, yes, it definitely was very, very frequently. So I know I've had this beer also already, although it wasn't my first. Um, so even before like we tasted again, it's been a while for me, but I know that this is probably a hell of a first beer. Yeah, I remember I did not finish the first one that I had. I drank <laughs> maybe like three quarters of the bottle, and that was it. All right, so we're doing a first taste? Yeah, I'm pouring mine right now. Are you pouring yours? Oh, I, 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 I already poured it. Oh, okay. I will say, this beer gets a nice head on it. Yeah, I feel like mine went away like really quick, though. Yeah, it is dissipating pretty quickly. It like it's went also... away really fast. It's also very carbonated, like on the sides of my glass. I don't know if that's the same for you, but I got—I have a lot of bubbles on the sides of my glass, which I feel like normally I don't. Yeah, I would say actually I don't really have a whole lot of lacing on here. Um, actually, something that is kind of of note—they used to make them or produce them in clear glasses. I don't know if you remember oh. that. It was like in a clear glass. It's one of the first ones ever produced in a clear glass. But uh, the ones we got are actually from the brown glass, like the amber glass. Yeah, actually, yeah. Now that you mention it, yeah, they they were clear. I totally forgot. Do you know why they made that change? Uh, no, I don't. Um, a lot of people say it has to do with um, like what happens to the beer when it's exposed to like different elements. It's It's mm. more protected in a brown glass, but... I oh, okay. I don't know. They went so long in the clear glass. I don't know if they cared about that or if they actually took that into account. All right. So we ready for our first taste here? Yep. I'm going. All right. Let's go. Oh, man. I can appreciate that so much more now than <laughs> the first time I had it. <laughs> That's good. That is still uh, a it, good yeah, beer. Like That's said, a good dark beer. It's, it's, been a, it's been a few years since I've, I've had one uh, as well. Yeah, that that's good. That's pretty good. It's got like almost a little bit of a like a I don't want to say a smoky flavor, but there's definitely 
good depth of flavor without being super overbearing. Yeah, I think so. I think there's like a lot of like malt and like caramel kind of taste to it. Mm-hmm. Although somehow it's not heavy. Do you know what I mean? No, yeah. I would agree. I guess it's kind of hard to know until after we go through like a couple that maybe you'd be like, okay, like I'm I'm starting to fill That's up. That's true. Um, but yeah, you're right. I think the initial taste is isn't as heavy as you would expect for how dark it is. It also like it definitely has like a good it, it has an aftertaste and I would say that it's good. But it's it's again, it's not very overbearing and it doesn't like last a particularly long time. So I can see definitely how like how dad would just be like, oh yeah, I'll drink I'll drink a couple of these, you know? I'll drink a few of these. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was pretty often. Um all right, let's get into some uh history of this. So uh this was obviously made initially in Newcastle, England. Um, although like when I was researching it, they technically call it Newcastle upon Tyne, which I think is mm-hmm kind of a weird distinction like that's just the river that it sits on oh okay but i don't i don't know if there's multiple newcastles or if it's like england's version of like springfield like there's just one in every <laughs> yeah region or just like each time a newer castle gets built or like we are actually that's now the new castle, castle now. <laughs> that's yeah. slightly used castle yeah, look, over there look at me look at me i'm, I'm new- the new castle now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, that's interesting because there must be a castle that's been built in Patum- Patulama, California, and or Chicago, Illinois, because that's where these the ones that we have. That's where brewed and bottled in Pataluma, California, and Chicago, Illinois. Yeah, that was uh they got bought by Lagunitas. I'll actually uh I have a thing about that actually um in just a little bit. So the initial recipe was made uh, by Colonel Lieutenant Jim Porter in 1927. Uh, he had fought in World War One and then wanted to make a beer. And he worked with a chemist to develop this beer. He was trying to replicate the taste of another, and this one didn't match it. So he actually considered it a failure. Um, just kind of weird because I think it's pretty good. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, that, that's crazy too. Just because I guess it depends on what you're looking for, because. If he was trying to replicate a different beer, I mean, he could have been trying to replicate, you know, like a a light golden ale. <laughs> so, like, by that yeah, metric, like, yeah, dude, this is a real piece of shit, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're way off, dude. Um, yeah, who, I, I don't know what the taste of the beer he was trying to replicate was. Um, in the late 90s, this became the most widely distributed alcoholic beverage in the UK, which seems like a really big deal, because obviously, like, a common trope is that they, they drink a lot. Um, but then by the 2000s, the majority of their sales were from the U.S., which is when Dad would have been drinking it. So it makes sense why he had so many of these. Oh, uh, yeah, he got swept up got swept up in the wave. And he could buy them, like, in bulk from, I think he bought them in bulk from, like, Sam's Club. Yeah, that's funny, dude. He'd buy, like, huge cases of them all the time. Was Dad, like, a hipster for, like, craft beers then? I think he was. Um, but when they started expanding to the, like, a lot of their sales were happening in the U.S. Uh, Lagunitas actually purchased uh, the rights to brew it, so that's why they're you. You see that the bottle says it's from Illinois or California, and it also says above mm-hmm. that Lagunitas—that's who makes their brews it now. 
A lot of gotcha. people do not like the changes since they've taken over it, though. Oh, really? So this, so is this a different flavor profile than what Dad was drinking in the early? 2000s? A lot of the reviews I was, yeah, a lot of the reviews I looked at said that it was, it's not as good as it used to be. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I wonder if some of that is because, like, I don't know, it doesn't hit as hard as what I remember, and it seems like what you remember as well. So I wonder if some of that is from just a lighter flavor overall. Yeah, I, I think that's what it has to be. Um, a lot of people said they didn't like the new taste, but I'll, I'll get into that in a little bit. Okay, well, are we ready for the back of the bottle then? I'm ready. So it's interesting that you say Lagunitas, because I was pretty sure about that as well, because on the bottle now, where it says brewed and bottled, there's a parenthesis underneath it, and it says, and seen a man about a dog at Lagunitas in California and in, in Illinois. So kind of a nod, I guess, to Lagunitas inserting themselves there. Back of the bottle for this is brewed with a unique blend of pale and roasted malts with American hops. Newcastle Brown Ale is smooth, crisp, and slightly roasty. Not too sweet, not too bitter. Altogether, an uncommonly balanced brown ale. And honestly, um, this is no longer actually on the bottle. I had to go um, online to find that little description. But I will say that is a pretty apt description for what it is now. Yeah, I would say that's a pretty good description, but I don't do you remember they had like those little like factoids on the back of the bottle and it had like a star with like a number and there were like I don't know 10 different facts and like each bottle had like a different fact on the back. Do you remember any of that? No, I don't. Let me look up some real quick though. Oh, geez. Yeah, somebody took like a old ass picture of a bottle that looks like it's been sitting in water for a long time. So it's like super wrinkled. You can't actually read it. But I see the fact four, and then it says like name, but I can't read what the dude what the fact is. I feel like that's like what happens whenever you go on a flow trip. You just leave all the beer in there all day. And then like you and the bottle are both the same amount of pruned by the time you get yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, but this dude, this would be a terrible flow trip beer. <laughs> I couldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, this would be way too dark of like a and heavy of a float trip beer. I could not drink this like, you know, like all day. Well, let's get into some of the reviews then about this thing. Okay, so I I got a couple. Uh, we'll start with the bad one first. I gave it a one out of five. And there was honestly Ooh. quite a few of these. And they were all like pointing the finger at Lagunitas. But it says... It pours a translucent brown with a weak, limp head that immediately vanishes. Noses of barley, nut, nutty malts, and faintly skunked tops. Nose is almost non-existent. This is more of a blessing than a curse. First taste is water. Water followed by a big sack kick of diacetyl. Mmm. Do, you know, <laughs> do you know what diacetyl is? No, what is that? It's like what they use for like a fake butter taste. Oh. Like in like uh like like butterscotch or like fake popcorn butter. Oh, okay. Fake butter flavor. Yeah. So it goes on from there. It's not entirely one dimensional. In addition to the diacetyl, the next taste adds a skunk's ass to the water slash butterscotch <laughs> equation. Oh my god. It doesn't <laughs> <laughs> 
How many how many skunks asses has this man tasted? Well, how can he know for how sure? How many Newcastles have they drank? <laughs> Dude, it gets weirder. All right, so we personally have like talked a lot about like the whole like mouthfeel thing, right? Mm-hmm. And this is the worst way to describe it. Mouthfeel is flaccid and watery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it just feels so Why flaccid in my mouth. Like yeah. Why would you say well, it? Well, like I that? mean, I guess he's getting his point across of like it's not it's not pleasant. Yeah, yeah and I guess there's like really nothing there. That's what he says. And then with that yeah. sickening slickness of diacetyl. Mm. I I do not get that like artificial butter flavor that he's talking about although i will say like i think that was one of my first comments it it is very like i guess it it is very thin like it's not heavy it's it's a lot lighter than you would think for the color that it pours yeah um some people said like not everyone can like pick out the diacetyl necessarily but usually if you can't taste it you can still feel it as like a uh like slick or almost like slimy kind of feeling like residue left, I guess. Hmm. They end it with, this is truly the worst tasting beer I've ingested. Holy gross. It finishes leaving your mouth dry yet slick with lingering rancid butter. This is an aftertaste, not a finish, an aftertaste. Gross, gross, gross. I, I, thought, it, I thought it was pretty good. I don't... Not, not the review, the beer, not the beer. <laughs> I thought the beer yeah, was pretty yeah. good. Yeah, yeah I, did, I was not as critical on that on this beer as, as that guy was. Although if this was that guy's, if this was that guy's first beer, like hell of a first beer for him then, because I guess to him, you're only going to go up. Yeah, I know, man. Whatever. Find palate. Yeah. If this is the first beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So the good review, um, I, so I'll be honest. I, a lot of the good reviews basically just said something like, this is my favorite beer. It's super good. Like they didn't, Going, yeah. Um, I found one that this is probably a terrible way to start this podcast because this review is completely out of left field. Um, but they gave it a 4.8 out of 5. I'm just gonna read through these are their words, not mine. I'm a bottom fermenter, and when I seek bottom, I climb underground. And when I read that, I was like, I guess they know a lot more about making (laughs) beer than I do. I don't know. The dirt and clay taste better than the wispy little cloud poofs, and you feel a little closer to the brown people who started this ignorant race of human sauruses. What? Drinking is, after all, a method to kill or cleanse a bad day or a bum occurrence. Hell, it's even happy time for some elves. And this is, it just goes really weird from here. But I'm a particularly strange dwarf with my tufted ears and need for gravy and sirloins and sausage. This is what Guinness would be like if you didn't have to drink it with a fork. Brown gravy soda with brown gravy soda with chunks of squirrel mixed in. It gets it still gets weirder. The nutmeggy little squirrel you see hanging from a tree limb and eating all of your songbirds' energy cakes and laughing as you steam from the inside of the window. Once you knock, he'll look and then be gone, and you're back to bird watching. Except that the little birds are twittering above your head and building a little shrine to tasty spirits. 4.8 out of 5. <laughs> Dude, 
This guy is very coherent with using a computer while on mushrooms. And that's what I would say. I was like, this guy was going through some sort of experience. <laughs> yeah. Now, that's a hell of a first beer. Like, if, if that was your experience mm. and this was your first beer, whoa, that's incredibly life-changing. What's What's craziest to me in that review is that he stays fairly weirdly on topic about the beer. Like, for a while, he lost me there. And I was like, okay, this is... He's just, like, talking about, you know, random stuff now. But then he somehow makes it all still relevant to the beer. So, like, he knew what he was doing. Yeah, I I, I don't know how to explain anything about that review. <laughs> I also love that... A good I, I want to know where he lost the point two points out of it. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Like, what knocked it down from a five? Right, yeah. Well, I don't know. He he did say he was a particularly strange dwarf, so maybe the diacetyl got him or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Hey, could you imagine if at the end of all that, he's, he wrapped it up by saying, plus they use too much diacetyl, and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, minus Super point two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I think as far as first beers go though, like the current version, it it's not out of the realm of being like a crazy first beer. Yeah, I think some of the like taste of it would kind of get lost on someone drinking beer like truly for the first time of mm-hmm. just like, I I don't know, I remember when I drank it like I didn't like it. I didn't I I couldn't pick out anything about it that I thought tasted like sp- particularly good. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like a, I don't know. I would say like, it's like a double edged sword of like, this is a good tasting beer, but to someone who doesn't has never tasted beer, pr- it's probably too much. Gotcha. Right. Like it's a good beer, but I don't know that you can appreciate it as a first beer. Yeah, that's fair. I guess maybe this would be like this is a good first like brown ale. I guess then. Oh yeah, this would be a great intro to like dark beers, or yeah. darker at least. It's not the darkest, but um, yeah, darker side. I I could see. I I definitely also did pick up like the roastiness, which maybe I think I described it as like smoky earlier. Mm-hmm. But I I could see that being like off putting to somebody who's not <laughs> familiar with tasting beer on a regular basis that being kind of like a weird thing of like oh why do you like to taste like burnt wood in your drink you know <laughs> i love char yeah and diacetyl fake <laughs> <laughs> yeah. butter do you remember like what your first beer experience like was like how did you have your first beer what was the scenario around it we were at the house, and I, I drank a beer on the couch with Dad while we were watching a Royals baseball game. <laughs> and so, oh, well, how old were you? I was 21. I made it all the way. So what was the context of, like, he so was I, just like... I know, well, I don't know if you remember, we went to California. Yes. And we were, we were, I don't remember exactly why, but we were in California, and it was my, and I had my birthday, actually, in California. And for some reason like he couldn't get off work or he he couldn't go but he made me promise him that my first beer would be with him so 
when I turned 21, we were all in California, and I remember they took us, they took, we we had, like, you know, of the kids, I was the oldest, so no one else could have gone to a bar, necessarily, but we went to that uh, Applebee's. Yes! I remember I didn't know what to order, I got a Long yes. Island iced tea, and I started drinking it, and I remember people asked me if I liked it, and I just kept saying no. And finally, someone's like, all right, well, let me just taste it really quick. And they taste yep. it. And they're like, oh, no, no, send this back. This is terrible. <laughs> it was it, it was Aunt Liz because mom and Aunt Liz were, like, making fun of you. I'm like, oh, look at him. He, yeah. can't, he doesn't like alcohol. Look at him. And Aunt Liz was like, oh, it can't be that bad. Let me try it. She goes, oh, oh, uh-uh. <laughs> they didn't make this yes. right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And they were like, that is bad. <laughs> we sent it back. I think I ended up just getting, like, a rum and coke or something. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, my first my first actual drink, I was one of the few people who made it 21, but I did not like it. Mm-hmm. But no one else liked it either, so I guess that's fine. You get a pass, yeah. <laughs> All right, so moving into mine then now. My first beer was a Boulevard Unfiltered Wheat. Oh, nice. That, again, I think is going to be in the category of, like, that's a good beer. I don't know how much you appreciate it as a first beer, though. I liked it enough to keep going back. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm pretty sure I, I I'm pretty sure I I started enjoying beer a lot sooner than you did. Yes, I I would agree with that. So, I definitely had my first beer before I was 21. Don't tell the cops. <laughs> I remember because you waited when you were 20 until you were 21. You like when I got to college, you like told me like it's not worth waiting, like just go have fun, whatever. Um and I also know that at this point you didn't really like beer for a while because of yeah, I guess your first experience, you know, with the Newcastle and stuff like that. Um, but I I know that you said that you really liked the unfiltered wheat. So my first beer, I don't know if you remember this, but this was because you were like, This should be your first beer. I don't remember that at all. Yeah. I I remember telling you, go ahead because when I got out of college, like I, I turned, I was, I turned twenty one late in college, and by the time I was ready to start partying, like all my friends were like over it, and so that's when I, t- I remember telling you, like, dude, just go for it while you're there. Yeah, so I don't remember recommending this one specifically. So yeah, Dad also made me like be like, well, you know, your first beer should be with me, right? And so when I got to college, when I first started drinking, I also started with just like. I guess, like, you know, mixed drinks. Um, mm-hmm. And that's pretty much all I, I really drank. And so I, I, when I came back home for that first time, um, it was kind of, you know, like the cat was out of the bag that I had tried alcohol. And so dad was like, well, let's have your first beer. And so you had suggested, you were like, oh, well, you should do unfiltered weed. I really like that one. And so, yeah, we, we, we all three also had like an unfiltered wheat together. That was my first beer. Did, did you actually finish all of yours? I, I'll be honest, I don't really remember. So that makes me think that I did. Yeah, I would assume. Yeah, so. I, I think that I would remember if I was like didn't like it enough, like you did, to like not finish it. So I, I'm sure that I, I, I did finish it. And it was also one of those things too, where I don't know why, but like even from the first, you know, beer, or whatever. Like I, I think I've pretty much since I've tasted it, like I've usually liked beer. So. There wasn't too much of like an adjustment period for me. Yeah, I definitely had to acquire my taste. But Boulevard Wheat actually was 
you know, keeping in theme of first, this was the first beer that I shotgunned. Oh, and I can God. say this is a terrible beer to shotgun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Awful. Again, uh, somehow this involved the Royals. We were at a Royals game, like just tailgating. And then we uh, somehow, me and a couple friends, like one of my friends had mentioned that they'd never shotgunned a beer. And I was like, and I've, I've never shotgunned a beer either. And all, mm-hmm. all we had was Boulevard Wheat. So that's what we did. Yeah, no, all- dude. That is not a good shotgunning beer. It was not. My first shotgunning beer was a Keystone Light, which is the perfect shotgunning yeah. beer. Because it's I just <laughs> so it's just so unintrusive. Yes. That's a good way to describe that. Yeah, so so I played on the Frisbee team in college, as you know. And for whatever reason, there's a lot of drinking that goes on in Frisbee, in collegiate Frisbee. And it was pretty common for party tournaments to instead of a coin flip you would have two two players go out there and you shotgun a beer. So whichever whichever team's player won the shotgunning race would, would get to choose who got disc first. So it was just kind of like a thing of like, once you got to the Frisbee team, they would always send a freshman out there or like a first-year player out there. So like, they would just be like, all right, start practicing your shotguns because we want to get the Frisbee first. <laughs> all right, are we ready to taste? Yeah. Again, this is kind of a weird one in the sense like you and I I know you and I have both like at least somewhat regularly continued to drink this. Yeah, we've had a healthy amount of Boulevard Wheats, yes. And obviously like being in Kansas City helps, but this will definitely not be my first actual taste. Yeah, for sure. Let's get into it. Yeah, that's good. I mean that's that's the kind of beer that I like. Like that's the this this is probably because it was my first beer, but this is like the cornerstone flavor profile of my baseline like beer preferences. Yeah, I would agree. I, I de- this definitely turned me on to oh, whoa. Like, wheat beers. <laughs> this definitely turned me on. Turned me on to on to <laughs> wheat beers, and then whenever we go to uh, I don't know random breweries or something, I will usually check to see if they have a wheat beer because I'm I'm usually going to try that. Yeah, so my default, too, is kind of when I go to a new brewery or place um, like that, uh, my default is to go to a wheat beer and or something with a citrus like flavor profile, which just has both of them. Yes, it's it's a good beer. Again, I don't remember. I don't remember exactly when in my like, I don't know, beer journey when I actually started drinking them. But I know ever since I tried my first boulevard wheat like i've just kept going like i continue to have it pretty regularly i will say also this is like this definitely has more flavor to it and more things going on than like a traditional light beer which i feel Mm -hmm. like most people start with so for a first beer like this might be a little bit more intense than what somebody's maybe like ready for for their first beer but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. That's what I'm saying. I'm just like, it seems like the beers that are like actually good to beer drinkers probably aren't necessarily a great first beer because you can't, you know, you can't really appreciate all of what's going on. Yeah, I do know that. Like, I mean, the the more I've drank beer and the longer I've I've been, you know been a beer drinker, like the more I can't appreciate different things about the beer. So, like, I, I will say too, yeah, like I feel like. A lot of us kind of forget our first beer is like it. It's like a pretty big like assault 
<laughs> on your taste buds of like, oh, whoa, there's like a lot going on. Like, oh God, it's like, it's carbonated and like maybe it tastes like a little fermented and it tastes like somehow like grass and bitter. Like all it was. Yeah, I remember the first time I drank it. You know, because like obviously, like tons of people drink beer, and the first time, you know, everyone always says the whole like it's an acquired taste. I remember the first time I drank it, I was like, "Why in the world? Why would I want to acquire that taste? That's gross. <laughs> yeah. I hate that." Who wants to acquire this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And honestly, I, what got me was in college. Like they were like the bars would just sell bottles of beer for a dollar. You know, it was like Bud Light and stuff like that, but. That was the only thing I could, like, afford to, like, get a whole bunch of. And so I eventually figured out how to like beer, I guess. Yeah. Uh, gosh, yeah. I, I've, i like, pretty much always yeah, liked I, it, though. I did not at, at first. I was I was an amaretto sour guy. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that, that phase lasted way too long. <laughs> I can say that. <laughs> I feel like that's a lot of, that's a lot of people's experience, though, of, like... You, a lot of people say like, "Oh, it's an acquired taste," which tells me that a lot of people have to kind of build up to, yeah. to appreciating it. But let's get into the history of it. So, uh, the Boulevard Brewing Company was started by John McDonald, and in the summer of 1984, he was on vacation in Europe, and he tried a bunch of Belgian beers while he was over there. He came back to the states. Um, he was a carpenter for years and he ended up in Kansas city, Missouri. Um, and he just like, couldn't get the German beers like out of his head. And so he decided to start trying to become like a home brewer. He, I guess, fell in love with it because he ended up like selling his house and everything. And he bought a building to start a brewery in, which was on Southwest Boulevard in Kansas city. And so I guess for a while he had like his carpentry business like in a corner. And so that's what kind of helped like sustain him to getting the brewery up and running. He established the brewery officially in 1988, but they didn't actually uh, produce their first keg until 1989. The The first Boulevard Brewing Company keg was actually the Boulevard Pale Ale. However, the following year in 1990, is when he came out with the Boulevard Unfiltered Wheat. And both of those beers have been like their top two sellers kind of interchanging ever since. Like even to today, like those are their top two. Yeah, uh, I can see that. Those are both um, like, I mean, obviously being in Kansas City, but pretty much any bar has both of those beers readily available Mm -hmm. for you. Yeah, and kind of transitioning into into the back of the bottle between like history and back of bottle. Uh, The back of the bottle for the unfiltered wheat is unfiltered wheat beer set the stage for a craft beer revolution. First brewed in 1990, unfiltered wheat has seen the fads come and go while retaining the genuine character that has made it the most beloved craft beer in the region. This fresh look gives prominence to the refreshing, citrusy, easy drinking nature of unfiltered wheat. The craft beer landscape will continue to grow and evolve and unfiltered wheat beer will continue to be there with you. Tried and true, classic since the beginning. It is interesting to think, though, kind of like going back to the Newcastle, like, I guess today, like, I don't really think of unfiltered wheat as a craft beer because it's so widely available and it's a pretty big beer now. But it is crazy to think that, like, yes, this really did kind of start off. It was at the beginning of that trend of, like, craft beers, small batch 
uh, trying some new things in the U.S. that wasn't just yeah. a Pilsner. I don't know if you remember when we were younger, but Dad used to always talk about like their time in Germany, how each town had like their own little beers, and how you could go get like all these different kinds of beers and then drive, you know, twenty minutes to the next town to get like completely different style of beer there. But yeah, I guess just going back, like Dad was into craft beers like way before. It became like really blew before up. Before it was cool. <laughs> he yeah. was in the craft beer before it was cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. But I also wonder, like, if our perspective of it is kind of changed because we are obviously in Kansas City where it's, you know, headquartered. But I mean, can you go to mm-hmm. like random bars and do most bars in like Chicago have Boulevard Wheat? I have no idea. Obviously, I'm sure there's bars that serve it. But I don't know, like, I don't know. I Obviously, we mostly go to bar, bars here. So I don't know how it, like, tra- kind of translates throughout other parts of the country. Yeah, um, let me look that up, actually. That's that's an interesting question. I know I was with some friends, and we went to California, and I remember I ordered a Boulevard Wheat, and they all, like, gave me shit about it. And they're like, dude, you can get that anytime when you're at home. Why did you get that? And I was like, because it's good. Like, why would I not Because I it? like it. Yeah. Yeah. Online, it says, on their website, it says that Boulevard beers are distributed, currently sold in 45 states, and also available in Belgium, Brazil, Canada, China, Finland, France, Germany, the Netherlands, Norway, and Sweden. Can you imagine, I don't know what states they are, but whatever states they decided, we would rather send this all the way to Norway. Instead of you, you. (laughs) to you, the state. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That is pretty funny to think about. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna text my friend that lives in Chicago and see how often you can get Boulevard wheat in a random bar there. Oh, I'm sure in Chicago they have it. I'm sure they do, but obviously, like it's just not here. So I'm just wanting to see somewhere else. That is true. It is is like a staple in Kansas City now. Like, if you go into a bar, like, they are going to have a Boulevard beer. Usually they'll for sure have the Boulevard wheat. They'll usually have the Mm -hmm. Boulevard pale ale. And then they'll usually have one or more of their other stack house. Yeah, some random seasonal or something, yeah. Yeah, one of their stack house brews, but... Yeah, actually, I can't think of a place here where you can't get it. Even, like, the chain restaurants have it. Yeah, that's true. All right, so... We'll go ahead and get into some reviews. We got a bad review, a 1.8 out of 5. Ooh. They give a disclaimer at the top. Had a 12-ounce bottle. About a year past its freshness date. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) They're going to go on to rip this beer apart. The beer was a sort of hazy yellow, which that's exactly what we With no real head to speak of. It's a little bit retreating rather quickly. Taste-wise, it was an overly simple wheat beer with citrus hints that were too mild to give the beer any real worth. It is drinkable if nothing better is on hand, as was the case last night when I tried this, but is otherwise undeserving of your time and money. It was a year. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't understand why he would review it based on that. (laughs) Well, also, his, like, negatives, he's like, it's just wheat and citrus. I'm like, I don't see the problem there, brother. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's, also like, that's all right with me. I feel like there are a ton of beards that build their whole thing on we're just wheat and citrus. 
there's beers that build their their whole thing on less. That's true. Yeah, like I finished mine already. I I'm super close to mine being done. Yeah, it, it's good. It's just good. I do not agree with that guy, but also, yeah, like you said, <laughs> how can you like? I'm sure like the head issue is probably because it was so far past its expiration date or its fresh freshness date. Right. I just I just don't understand why. <laughs> like, what did you expect? It was a year. It, it was a year past. That's that's a substantial amount of time. I also want to know, like, what dire situation this man found himself in to where he was like, all right, I'm doing it. I've got this one fucking unfiltered wheat sitting in my fridge that I've been holding on to for worst case scenario. And this is it. <laughs> Why did he have that on hand? Then if he, you know what I mean? Well, and also, what was his stock of beer for the last year that he was able to just ignore the Boulevard wheat that yeah, long? Yeah, true. Uh, I got an update on the Chicago question. Oh, okay. He says, hmm, probably not common. <laughs> Who was this? Holden. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> h- h- him and his friends, I, kn- I know they go to a bunch of breweries up there, but um, I don't, I honestly, I don't know how often, like, they actually, like, just go out to, like, uh, like regular okay. bar in Chicago. I'm not sure. Okay, well, hey, that's, our our, uh, our Chicago correspondent Holden now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, I'm gonna bring him into the show without him. Holden on the streets. <laughs> we yeah, holding on the streets. We need to we'll send him out there. We need to send him out there on like a <laughs> on the streets, just asking people questions. Dude, the thing is, he is the last person to do it. I know. <laughs> like of all my friends, I can think of so many more that would actually go do that. And he is not the one. <laughs> All right, I do have plenty of good reviews. Um, we'll go with one. It's a pretty simple five out of five. Boulevard Wheat Served Draft is one of the finest beers around. In a bottle, it's still satisfying, but it needs to be tried draft to appreciate the flavor. It is the perfect drink to accompany a plate of Kansas City barbecue. Unfortunately, they don't ship it beyond the Midwest. I can't confirm where we tried that last part, but. Dude, this is a. I will say this is a great beer for barbecue. I will also say yes. Um, I'm sure, like almost every beer is probably like, it's probably going to be a better draft. Like that's just any beer. It's yeah. you know stored the right way. It's at the perfect like CO two level. Everything is like optimal still. Um, but yes, I will say that the the draft version of this is a little bit more full bodied. And it does have a deeper depth of flavor to it. it. It's not anything crazy. It's just like it is all of the these like, you know, flavors that we've already described now are just like a little more enhanced. It's just more of them. Right. Yeah, I would, I would agree. So as a first beer. I obviously this was my first beer. I thought it was a really good first beer. It's got good it, it's got definitely some more flavor there than a traditional like light pilsner um but there is nothing about this beer that is offensive or too drastically like crazy or experimental it is a really really solid beer so a, for a first beer i think it's a really really good first beer 
Yeah, I, I would agree. I think it also has like a really great intro into like a beer taste without um maybe some of the like heaviness or bitterness that you can get with others. I would hope that you think this is a good first beer because you were literally the one that suggested it. I, hey I, man, know I just you thought said- it was a good beer. <laughs> I didn't know if it would be a good first beer. I just knew it was a good beer. I would say, I know you said you didn't remember if that was you. Whatever, like, yeah, you 100% were like, you should do Boulevard Wheat. <laughs> Wait, so what actually, what were we doing? Like, when did we all do that? I'm pretty sure we were just like at the house. I don't remember like super specifics, but I think we were just like at the house, at the old house, obviously. And I had come back. It was when you had just started uh, teaching. And so you were you were like living with them. I had come back probably for that like first like semester break. First semester of college. And after, you know, mom hit was disappointed with me for trying alcohol <laughs> before I was 21. Uh we had kind of been like, okay, you know, well, he's already had it, so like, let's let's try a beer or whatever. And I, I don't know. I think it was just kind of a, a regular night, regular evening. And Dad made the same kind of uh, deal with me that he made with you of like, I want your first beer to be with me. So I think we just like, kind of like went out and like got some. I'm I'm sure we probably went to Thriftway. Been for yeah, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that we just went to like the little grocery store and then like came back. And I, I think it, I definitely remember that it was at night though, and it was like after yeah. it was already like dark, and we just kind of, I'm sure we probably sat or stood on like the back patio and just like drank the beer, and that was about it. We weren't like watching a game or anything. I don't remember to be honest. That was, I mean, yeah. you gotta, you gotta realize like that was several thousand beers ago you know what i mean yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) no idea anymore and mine mine wasn't mine wasn't as like offensive as yours because you probably remember yours super well because like you didn't like it i don't remember mine a whole lot because like i enjoyed it and i continued to just build on it so it didn't like really i mostly mostly remember i mostly remember the look of disappointment on his face (laughs) i handed him the rest of it said can you finish this (laughs) Uh, I'm sure that was probably some motivation for me to I'm sure that he probably was like you better finish that (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah oh man yeah I I couldn't do it I I just I don't know why I just could not finish it alright we're moving on to uh, beer number three alright yeah so now we'll move on to beer number three and beer number three we got off of a website what was the list that we found this on oh man we just Googled most common first beer and we clicked like one of the first two links. Yeah. We it was put, like, like animal research into this. I think it was, I think it was a ranking of the best first beers. I have no yeah. idea what their criteria was. I have no idea what their testing was, <laughs> but I know for a fact that this list's number one beer was Coors Light, baby. Yes, it was. I'm gonna go ahead and pour this thing. Oh God! Right, yeah, I just I just poured mine. Yeah, I, if I'm being honest, we probably should have done this one first. Yeah, no, this is gonna taste like nothing now. This is gonna be a, a major letdown from where we were. If okay, between the first two beers we had, I believe one negative reviewer for the 
Newcastle mm-hmm. said that the Newcastle was like a skunk's ass. And another yeah. bad reviewer for the unfiltered wheat said that the head disappeared immediately. Now, if they were to have this Coors Light in front of them, they would be absolutely appalled because this does smell kind of skunky. And that head lasted maybe half a second. Yeah. Yeah, there's uh <laughs> I mean, I think we know what we're getting into with the Coors Light, but <laughs> there's nothing to this thing. Yeah, there's not much going on. And you know what? I will say it has its place. Let's get into the first taste. All right, here we go. Yep. If I'm being critical of it, it it's not like the worst thing in the world. Is it good? Not really. Is it something? Yeah. It's something that I can drink. And I'm not like mad yeah. about it. Yeah, I mean, it is. It, it, it's a light beer. It, it, this is a beer that you can just like kind of have and be like doing something else and be like, yeah, I'm drinking a beer and I'm like not mad about that. Yep. Yeah, I'm never going to like turn one down. If it's free, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that should go without saying. I do remember that when we were growing up, one of mom's work friends like swore by Coors Light and they did like a work event. And she brought Coors Light. And I remember on the way home or like after the event, dad was like, I don't know how they drink that shit. That stuff is so fucking bad. <laughs> and like they were like making fun of her for liking Coors Light. And after she left that job, anytime they brought her up, it was always like a punching bag moment. to be like, oh, yeah, well, she was a Coors, right? Uh, she was a Coors Light drinker. So <laughs> she's a, she's she a was a wild part. <laughs> the wild part is that I know for a fact Dad went through a bush light phase. <laughs> so I don't know who he's complaining about. Okay, I will say I do prefer bush light. Over course? Yeah, there's something even less offensive about bush light. Well, yeah. Coors light I, I, is yeah. it, it is a little bit skunky. It's got something to it, yeah. Now, my mountains were blue still when I poured, which is what they yes. recommend. As for mine. And it is still a little bit skunky. Um, we got some history for it. Uh, when do you think the first Coors Light was introduced? 62. 19? Yeah. 62? Yeah. Uh, you're, you're fairly close. Uh, 1978. Oh, okay. It came out to compete with, uh, Miller Light as, like, the quote-unquote diet beer. Mm, Um, yes. The Coors has, like, kind of, like, an interesting brewing history because they had like the Coors Banquet which was initially marketed as like the light beer at least like for its time mm-hmm. uh, but then after World War II <laughs> they stopped doing that whole thing because they were um, afraid it was going to get branded as like a girl's beer for being lighter and like less <laughs> calorie yeah so they like, kind of nixed, nixed that for a while and then they eventually brought in uh, Coors Light they so here's like I I didn't like go too much into the history. I just looked up like some like kind of weird facts about them, I guess. It, this one honestly I think is the most shocking. In 2005, Coors Light won a silver medal in the Great American Beer Festival in the American Style Light Lager category. And I, I don't know, like in my head I just think that's kind of weird cuz I'm like, dude, like did you you guys didn't know about Coors Light? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
I don't know. It just, I just feel like, I guess I assume the brewing company entered it, but I could just picture like a random festival where like some guy showed up with like a Coors Light. It's like, this is my beer and I want to enter it. And it's just Coors Light? Yeah, and it was just a Coors Light like you buy from the grocery store. But also, I'm like, they only won that, they only won the medal one time in 2005. And then just kind of went away, I guess. I don't know. I didn't realize there was a big, a big competition in that category. Dude, I am hiccup. I am hiccuping to all hell right now. <laughs> Dude, that's weird because it's normally me. This is an unforeseen issue with uh, recording while we're drinking beer. <laughs> I am I am hiccuping uncontrollably un- uncontrollably at the Jeez. moment. Oh my Jeez. god! All right, another thing with them, they got in trouble with the advertisements in 2013, and they ended up being referred to the Federal Trade Commission. Uh, they had ads that said, "The world's most refreshing can, beer on the inside, science on the outside, and smoother, more refreshing pour." Yeah, I guess people were like mad because it implied that somehow um, the beer can was more technologically superior <laughs> and able to make the drink better. <laughs> people got mad about that. <laughs> they had to discontinue the ads. Was Coors the one that had the like slightly different can can opening and was like when you pour it, it allows like. The beer yes. to flow better, and so that's why they were, yes. that's what they were saying was the science. Yes, yes, they did do that. Um, yeah, and so, but also some of it, like I don't know, world's most refreshing can. Like I feel like there's so many places that are like, you know, world's best barbecue or you know, world's yeah, world's greatest cup of coffee. And I like I thought it was just yeah, it's just an ad. Like obviously, no one's out here ranking them. Each each individual one, you know. Yeah, well, it's also all like completely subjective too. I don't think anybody yes. would agree that Coop, that Coors is at the top of any sort of like list like that, other than apparently first beer. Yep. But yeah, it's like this got to come with like a, a an idea that it's like a subjective, like you know, just marketing marketing thing. Good lord, dude, are you hearing Your the hiccups? hiccups? Are bad? Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I normally don't hiccup this bad, and it's crazy. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. All right, you want to hit us with the back of the bottle? All right, so Coors does not have a real does not have a real blurb on the back of their bottle. Wait, hold on, actually. I, I feel like this the name is, like, pronounced differently for, for different people. Coors? I, 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 say, I say Coors, and I feel like you're saying, like, Coors. Yeah, you say Coors? Coors. Coors. I say Coors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. Definitely have a W in yours. <laughs> yeah, there's two O's. Coors. Coors. Yeah, no, that, <laughs> they're different, man. I don't yeah, know which one's right. right. Yeah, I don't know either. You're right, though. Yeah. We, God damn it. We are saying it differently, though. So. Coors does not have a real back-of-the-bottle blurb, but they do have cliff notes. Okay. So they have cold-filtered for a bright appearance, cold-lagered below freezing for a lighter, crisper taste, cold-packaged for peak refreshment. When the mountains turn blue, it's as cold as the Rockies. Oh, hell yeah. See, 
my thing is, I think that I think that the people at Coors know that their product doesn't necessarily taste the best. So they're like, all right, if we can trick these people into just drinking it, <laughs> drinking it as cold as fucking possible, they won't know Let's the get difference. Us close to ice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they won't be able to tell. And, and we'll tell them that the can makes it taste better. Watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this was an interesting experience looking up uh, reviews for Coors Light because it's just not the beer you think about reviewing. So we'll start off with the bad, one out of five. And they preface it with a similar thing. I don't usually bother reviewing beers that I despise. I don't really see the point. But I figured I should review at least one so I knew what it felt like to totally bash a beer. <laughs> Here it goes. This is a bad, bad beer. Colorless, flavorless, odorless. Much like carbon monoxide. You should try and avoid it at all costs. Jesus! <laughs> Honestly, that's a, not a bad description. Uh, lagers usually benefit from being extremely cold. This one almost evaporates when extremely cold. And as it warms up, well, let's just say it would be better if it did evaporate. I'll never understand why this beer is so popular. Never. Did Dad write this review? I don't know, man. I don't know who wrote it. Because <laughs> I, I know that. Yeah, that was about what he thought about this back in the day. Yeah, yeah. He hated yeah. Coors. He hated Coors Light. Yeah, he was not a fan. And I, n- neither was this person. But we have a five out of five. And I, I love this review. This guy put so much passion into this review. And it did not need it. I'm going to be honest. There's not much more to life than sipping on a Coors. The electric blue color that the can embraces when cold as the Rocky Mountains is not to be taken lightly. It's an invitation. However, she's a seductive mistress as each savory and refreshing sip or gulp only serves to tantalize and bring the experience closer to climax. Oh, God. Unlike (laughs) Unlike some experiences, there's no waiting time in between rounds. And that's to everyone's benefit, as you'll need more than one to really appreciate the love that goes into each individual handcrafted can. Mr. Coors, you've got a fan in me. Oh my god, dude. This guy's about like you were... I assume it was Randy Newman that wrote this. <laughs> yeah! Sit there at his piano drinking the Coors. in me. <laughs> you got a fan. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that, that's... That... That's some dedication there. Now, I will say, like mom's old work friend, like this is some people, this is some people's daily driver. Like this, this is just what they, their default yeah. go to is. Yeah, that's true. So for some people, obviously, like they're doing something right. I think Patrick Mahomes drinks a lot of Coors Light. That's insane to me. Well, I don't know if he drinks a lot, but yeah, on the whenever they're partying, he drinks a lot. Yeah, of Coors Light. So to me, Coors Light is a pretty solid like shower beer. Just something to fucking take in there and drink and be like, oh yeah, I just need a beer right now. Yeah. To go as far as that guy did in the review, <laughs> there's no way that there that this this dude's like ultimate point in life is just sitting there sipping on a Coors. If it is, kudos to him, because like he has a he has the key to, to happiness for Eight ninety nine at the grocery store. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was like an orgasmic experience for him. Yeah. What did you say earlier with the Newcastle? You were like, "Yeah, I'm sitting here and like hard or something." No, nah, it was. 
<laughs> when I said it, it turned me on to dark beer. It turned you on. Yeah, this guy this guy is feeling about Coors like you felt about the Newcastle earlier where it turned him on. You thought I said that was hard? <laughs> Sitting there hard. Man, this beer really makes me hard. <laughs> I knew it was something in the realm. I don't know. Oh, my God. So, as a first beer, though, where do you come down on it? Oh, man, again, so I, I think it's like this weird first beer paradox where, like, the beers that actually taste good aren't good first, and the beers that don't taste as good are actually better first, because eh, there's not a whole lot going on to it. No. At least not as much as, like, the others, right? Um, I mean, I, it's cheap. It's readily available. Um, it's a light beer. Like I assume this is this is a lot of people's first beer experience. But it's interesting how you just kind of like graduate past that like fairly quickly. Yeah, I think that this is a good first beer in the sense that like there really is nowhere to go but up from here. Yeah. <laughs> because even though there's not a whole lot going on, that also means that there's like nothing like good going. There's nothing like good going on. Yeah. So if you were to taste a different beer, like a, a like an unfiltered wheat or the Newcastle after the Coors, it would be like, whoa, okay. Now there is a definite flavor appearing. Right. Rather over the Coors Light. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess honestly, I guess it should be a like great first beer. I'm just like, if you can, if you got through this. Just what, like wait till you see what else we got. Oh shit, dude! I think we're running a little bit long. Yeah, I think I think that's probably right. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you would, if you enjoyed what you're hearing right now, please refer us to a friend, see what they think about it, and maybe you can enjoy a beer with them. And while you're enjoying a beer, you could also consider giving us a rating. Maybe a five-star rating, if you're so inclined. Yeah, five would be good. Hey, we'd also take a 4.8, like the uh, Newcastle. What was the one where the dude was talking about fucking dwarves and elves? Hey, that dwarf guy was a five out of five, man. Hell yeah, dude. If, if you thought, if you got a dwarf or elf-like experience while listening to this podcast, you might be giving us a five-star review. If you are a, are a dwarf with tufted ears... Please give us a five out of five. (laughs) So until next time, whether you pour short or pour long, always finish.